episode 21, Frameworks. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrap SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode. From Aaron Wykey of GatherUp and Darren Shaw of Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. And I am currently living summer to its fullest the last few weeks. How about you? You know, I wouldn't call it to the fullest. <laughs> like I'm living summer to the halfest. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing some summery things, but I feel like I need to get out more. We're, we're a little apprehensive about going out and spending enough time outside. We, sh- we should get out more, more walks, more bike rides. There you go. I think it's a good idea. You know, in regards to COVID, I would say that the easiest way I surmise like our family and definitely having kids with high school activities and sports and those things are like on their own trajectory. But we've moved from isolation to limitation. Yeah. Um, And a lot of it's just limiting, like what are bad ideas? Going to a bar. For Mm -hmm. me, I'd rather not go get a haircut. I'm lucky Marcy's been cutting my hair. I'm in no hurry to jump on a plane. I'm not going to the health club. I'm doing long walks just about every day, but no weights or strength training or any of that. But yeah, just trying to get back to as much as normal. If I'm in a store, I'm in a mask, just that kind of stuff. Just trying to be as smart as possible in distancing and preventative things without, you know, I, I just, yeah, the, the, the bunker life in a family of six. And when you have a 16 year old and a 14 year old, it just won't work. I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not that dissimilar from what we're doing. So uh, pretty much every night after dinner, I get outside with Violet and we'll, we'll go for a walk or bike ride. And and Jill comes for most of those too. So we're doing that. We're getting out and, and just sort of going outside when the weather's decent. Yeah, definitely mostly not going into any stores. If I did have to, I would take a mask. I would bring a mask. But for the most part, I haven't been to a store in over a month because we get everything delivered. Our groceries are all delivered or curbside pickup. And so it's been really easy that way. It's an interesting thing when you're out and when you're wearing a mask and just the human energy between those wearing masks, those not wearing masks, just all, right? You see the collision in people's eyes of political views and personal views and their rights and, oh, so many things. I don't know. My freedom? Yes. It's it's quite it's quite an interesting thing, so. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I follow this uh, group on Nextdoor for our neighborhood, and wow, some of the posts over there are really blowing up with the two sides clashing. People... People talking about their freedoms to not wear masks and people trying to educate them on the benefits of masks. But man, it was like that was that one group that can't get their head around the mask only being for them and they don't see the benefit of it from the other perspective, which is you wear the mask to protect others. And it's like with faced with all of the the information being presented to them, they still can't wrap their head around that, it seems to me. Well, there's probably lots of people like that. No, it's tricky. Folks, definitely. I don't know. I don't know if it's pride, if it's vanity. I don't know if it truly is freedom or just being told what to do or the fact that there's just so many people not willing to believe anything from any source at any time, right? The yeah. I don't know. I, I can't handle all the conspiracy theories. What a hole to go down these days, right? Oh my God. Yeah, I know. I haven't really gone down the holes, but I've seen glimpses of them and I'm like, wow, 
<laughs> so who some knows? Thinking, yeah. Yes, you'll never get out if you go in. So I think what you're doing is wise. Just kind of like walk around the edge and find a new path. So. Yeah, totally, totally. How are things going uh, at Gather Up these days? What's going on? Good. I think the easiest way to state it is just stability. Things have become more stable from what's gone on as we've talked, right? We've had over a month since our last episode. Yeah. And things have really stabilized. Uh, the, the things that you see more than anything is, you know, one, for me personally, like new sales are just slow. And I'm mostly dealing with larger multi-location all the way up to enterprise type deals. Um, and really more than anything, it's like, taking on something new, implementing a new uh, tool and building process or some companies would call change management. Like that's the obstacle right now, more so than spending budgets. Right. And, you know, when it, when you look at it, it's, it's really easy to understand. It was the same for our business, especially the first like eight to 10 weeks of COVID and what was taking place. It was like every minute was filled with a special meeting or a task force or talking about how things were trending, what numbers, churn, yep. pause. Yep. Billing. So you can understand that inside of these other businesses that not only had that, but then have entered a reopening phase and changing protocols and health measures and communication and, and all these other things. So it's easy to see why they've probably just said like, hey, just, you know, keep on keeping on right now and let's not introduce anything new. We have enough to deal with. I think that's exactly it. Everyone's just busy and they're like kind of getting back to business for the most part. But, you know, some things are lower priority and that concept of stability makes perfect sense. Just, just, just keep that, keep things going as they are so we can focus on all this other stuff, you know? Yeah. And as I pointed out with our stand-up team meeting today is what has really spoken well for us is just retention. Our April was down, but our May, uh, we were not down. We were on the plus side, very little, but still on the plus side, which was really encouraging. June, yeah. as we record this, headed into the last few days of June is is trending nice for a percentage point or two of gain, which you know sounds fantastic right now. But yeah, any gains sound pretty good. Exactly. And all of that's being done with like basically almost no new sales, right? We have some of our resellers and agencies are expanding. Our, our partners that resell us are expanding. But as far as things direct with us, that that really isn't happening. So it's having just a high level of retention. And you've already you've already peeled away some of the people that were very fringe customers, not heavy users, don't find value, things like that. But overwhelmingly, the massive core hasn't, you know, hasn't needed or wanted to make any of those changes. So that's really sad. And I just shared with our team, like, that's a compliment all the way uh, around, because I really do believe that we have a an outstanding product, but we have a phenomenal service layered over the top of it. And those two things combined absolutely lead to retention. Yeah, totally. I think there's also some nature of the business too with yours. Like I noticed certainly because we're a gather up reseller, white label version of it is like that always stayed relatively stable. You know, we certainly saw some drops at the end of March, early April, but then it, it stabilized and we didn't see much because it's the kind of service that you just will always need you know like it's, it's one of the ones that you're like yeah okay i can't cut that you know it's, it's a bit of an essential service i think that that's really helpful for for gather up and uh, we're seeing it on our side too yeah other than that a lot of uh small little releases like 
a number of things. It's 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 interesting. I think we kind of have these cycles where we we push and we'll have like a really big feature or two, and we're really pushing and grinding on that. And then the minute that happens. I think especially our engineering team kind of needs, they need a little break. And then we've also kind of built up a lot of like small things that need to be tended to. And a lot of those tend to be like behind the scenes, like migrating to a new version of something, shoring something up, test code, whatever it might be. And so we made it through like a couple of weeks of that after some big, really big pushes to start the year. But then now we're getting into kind of this middle ground where they're smaller things, but they're very visible things. So not only, you know, we're pushing things out, but it's things that we can like blog about or market or talk to our customers about things that, you know, they, they notice or they can engage with or, you know, not so much a feature release, but an enhancement to an existing feature that's there. So that's that's been nice to hit like these patterns of that happening like every couple of weeks out of a sprint. I'm a little jealous of that position because, you know, I've got most of my dev team focused on building our brand new account system, which is like all of our payment processing, user management, receipts, you know, all the order forms if you're going to go and sign up for something, all of that all that like account stuff, right? And it's one of those big huge beasts of a project and also migrating all from the old system. And so, you know, we're not going to have any feature releases for a while until we get this thing sort of wrapped up and out the door. So it's going to be a quiet period for us, I think. But what a new level you will hit when you get that done. Yeah, it'd be nice because we've been really held back. This system, we built it in 2011, I think. And it's just, and it's just this Frankenstein system. I think I mentioned it before on the podcast, but it's just terrible. So it's time, it's time to definitely centralize all of that. And it'll also really help us with our reporting and understanding our metrics better. So look forward to it. No, I think it'll be a, it, it'll just elevate the level that you're playing from. And then I think a lot of the things that you want to do moving forward from that will just be so much more impactful and in sync and consistent and all, all those other things. So yeah, it also is the sort of the foundation of what we're trying to build overall as a company, kind of in like our two, three year plan. And so that it's the foundation of that. And so we're, we have so much to build upon it. So I'm excited as once we get that piece out the door, then we'll kind of launch into a launching features quicker phase. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're about, I'm happy with these little quick releases, but we're about to embark where we've gone through all the design process on a new feature for us called inbox, which is really centered around ticketing reviews or customer feedback that needs to be looked at so you can prioritize it and then assign it to people in the organization and then efficiency in replies. So you can save replies and signatures and obviously uh, be able to look at a status and see if things have been replied or closed off. So that's going to be a very like heads down two to three month build. So I'm about to be back in the same boat as you where it's like, all right, nothing new for quite a while. None of these fun little quick hitters uh, that the frequency makes you feel really good about them where it's about to be like, okay, we're going, we're going for something big and it's going to be a while until the smoke clears. Going into dark mode. Yeah, totally. In our notes we exchange, I see uh, something here I wanted to, to touch on. I see, I want to hear about your, you're working on a referral program. I would love to hear like, is it because you're asked so much about it? You feel like this is a good uh, growth channel? Like, tell me about why you've looked into it and kind of like wh- where you're at with it. Yeah, for sure. So we, uh, it was one of the growth 
levers for our GMB management service, we really thought about that because we get so many people sending us referrals already for that service that I feel like it's this opportunity because it's such a well-priced service that meets a need for a lot of these digital agencies that are, you know, right now you can white label it, but a lot of people don't want to do that. They just want, they just want to send them to us and not have to worry about it, but make some cash anyways. And so um, I think that the referral program uh, could actually drive that, that side of the business pretty significantly. And so we've been just to sort of talking about it, def- defining it. What is the payout? How do we track everything? Do we um, use some sort of system that's off the shelf that we can just get up and running immediately? Or do we build our own? And so, yeah, we've just been kind of debating that. Do we, do we pay recurring? Do we pay one-time payouts? You know, if you look at different referral programs out there, like, you know, web hosting is kind of a great one to look at because every web host has some kind of referral program. And uh, we really like WP Engine's method, which is it's just like a one-time $200 payout for accounts you sign up if they're beyond a certain level. And so we're looking at something similar for ours where if the client stays with us for three months, you get a $100 payout. And so we also were trying to debate, build our own versus use a software system. And if we just really decided, it makes so much more sense to build our own because the system is pretty damn simple. You you have an area in the admin where you can generate these referral codes. So it's like, oh, make a new one. Okay, here it is agency and then they send that link out when the someone hits the page with through that link it sets a cookie cookie expires after 180 days and with that anytime they go through the checkout we just look for the cookie you have the cookie yes okay then we fire we fire a conversion now the funny thing is is that if you implemented someone else's system you have to do the same work you have to go into their system generate the link you still have to build the cookie setting and tracking on your end and then you fire the conversion over to their system instead of ours so it's almost the same amount of work and instead of paying 200 bucks a month for some system we have just our own and the only thing you need after that is just a dashboard to report on how many clicks each referral is getting, how many conversions you're getting, and when their payout is. So it's you know a couple of days of work for our team to build that into our account system. So we're just going to build our own. So how are you doing the payouts with it? Are you doing credits or PayPal check? Okay, yep. PayPal. Yep. So when you sign up, we want your PayPal email, and then one of our managers will just go through once a month and send payouts. Payouts. So they just pull a report from the dashboard and send payouts via PayPal. What happens when ten people say they want Venmo? Then we say no. Do you want to be? <laughs> you want to? Do you want to be in our referral program? Then you can give us your PayPal. If you don't, then you're not in our referral program. <laughs> and we'll expand it later, right? But we've got yeah. an MVP in mind. We're going to launch with that, and maybe later it's like, man, so many people want Venmo. So I guess we'll add Venmo. So we'll expand it as the needs arise. Yeah, I was just playing a little bit of devil's advocate there. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah. Those are some of the reasons why, after you know, gather up, we built our own billing system that. Until now, we're kind of actually in between. All of our new customers are going on to, we're using Chargebee now. All of our new customers are going on to the Chargebee system. Our existing customers are all in our our legacy billing system that we built six years ago and added on and band-aided and kept afloat over the years. But some of those reasons are the reasons why we wanted to 
use someone else who is strictly focused on creating that because so many things within billing features and, uh, you know, just different methods of things and reporting and whatever else it was like, okay, let's, let's focus on one product. We build customer experience and review management. We don't build billing systems. Yeah. Right. Um, So, but I'm, I'm definitely curious. I would, I think this is something that I'll be checking in with you because I've had a lot of requests for a referral program and based I don't know if I've overthought it. We've just never felt comfortable in coming up with the right format and how it works and things like that. And then we also have a lot of customers that would be like, oh, well, I want to like resell some, but some I just want to refer. And it just, it feels like it just gets really messy on the record keeping side more than anything. Yeah. So it's easy for us because we're, we're doing a real basic phase launch. Like the first version of this is not, it's not for anything white spark. It's only for our GMB management service. So we're really trimmed it down to this one little thing. And we're actually not even building that web-based interface right now. We're going to kind of pilot. We already have like three people lined up that want to be referral partners. And those three are probably enough to drive a decent amount of business to, to pilot it. And we're, and we're just going to give them a spreadsheet. It's like whenever there is a uh, conversion, we're just going to record it in the spreadsheet. And here's your shared spreadsheet. It's totally Mickey Mouse, but it'll allow us to kind of get a feel for it. And then, you know, uh, I'll have a developer build a little web interface where they can go and check their own stuff. But actually, I kind of want to wait until we launch this new account system I mentioned and to, to build that because I don't want to build it twice. And so that's why we're going to we're going to launch with basic spreadsheets to start. Just really simple, really, really straightforward. For sure. When uh, outside of two weeks, when are you looking to launch this? <laughs> uh, the actual tracking is already in place. We have a call this Thursday, and I think we might be handing out links this this Thursday. So I'm going to go with two weeks, Aaron. <laughs> two weeks, man. All right. As long as you haven't thought out and you're still yeah. going with two weeks. Well, I'm going with I know it's a risky call, but I'm going with two weeks. Well, here, I mean, here's the good news with us, right? We're usually somewhere from three to five weeks when we record an episode and get together and talk. So, I mean, you really have three weeks and depending upon okay, good. Yeah. how things go down, I mean, you might have four or five weeks to get this done. And as long as it happens in between our episodes, yeah. that's almost the same as two weeks to me. So you don't have to worry about me criticizing you if it doesn't hit. I'll tell you weeks. what, as soon as we get off of this podcast recording, I'm slacking the team and I'm saying, guys, we got two weeks. I told Aaron on the podcast it's going to be done in two weeks. We've got to get it done. <laughs> There you go. I'm there to keep you honest, Darren. Yeah, thanks, man. (laughs) Well, I think that's a a little bit of a good segue because realize it or not, when we were sharing some banter about what we wanted to talk about today, and I wanted to talk about kind of a a product framework that I've uh, developed and just kind of wanted to talk out loud and share. And it's something I want to kind of write about and hone even further. But I think to some extent, it's kind of you've gone through a little bit of of a framework. You're building a framework for how how you're going to look at your referral program and like, what are the staples? What's going to guide it, right? Like, what is the structure of that system? And I want to talk about framework as opposed in into like a, a concept for how I approach features and how I evaluate uh, which one is there because it's it's really helped me prioritize what features to build and and when off of, you know, a number of different factors. Yeah, I'm really interested in this because like, I don't know, I don't think I've ever said, hey, this is our framework. I've never really formalized it, but I guess in everything we do, we kind of build things through some kind of basic framework. So yeah, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this and, and what, you, what you've what you been working on. 
I think a lot of it sometimes is just peeling back and just thinking about it more abstractly or, you know, even just analyzing your own thought process and starting to dig a little bit deeper in like, well, all right, in these past things, why have I decided that? Or why did it become important to me? What was it, right? And on the surface, you start to look at things and it might be like, oh, well, it's because a competitor had that feature or enough people asked for it or I read about this and it gave me an idea, whatever that might be. But then there's still layers to like go beyond that. It's like, well, why are people asking for it? What's the emotion behind it? What's the fear behind it? What's the excitement behind it? Things like that. And that's what I ended up doing last year Early on, when I was just looking at a number of, and you know, I was like, all right, I had a dozen ideas and features and trying to figure out what order and how and what's their importance to our customer and to kind of the, I don't know, the, the like next level of bricks in the structure of what gather up is, is we try to get always building closer and closer to, to what our vision is. And it, it just started to emerge. And I'm obviously one I like. I like concepts and I like stories and, and figuring out these elements. Um, so, you know, I just started to look at it and like, okay, there is kind of a method to how I keep doing this over and over again. I just haven't focused on it, detailed it and made it into something where then I can easily like go back and rely on it to support my decision. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So the concept makes sense. Can you give me an example? Yeah. So the the framework is basically for identifying a, a feature and then prioritizing it. Um, and uh, amazing, right? Uh, no surprise to anyone, right? Create an acronym for it. So I call it the C framework as in the body of water, S-E-A. Okay. And from analyzing a bunch of different features and the decisions I made and why I made them and all those things, I really could end up boiling it down to three specific things. And that is that feature either provides security, that feature either provides efficiency, or that feature provides an advantage. And the really good features can hit on actually two or three of these right. at, at one time. And that's what I really noticed um, I was picking up on is those are the ones that I felt more compelled to build first um, were the ones that hit upon multiples instead of just one out of the three. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of, uh, how do you, I don't know, how, how do you organize your feature requests? Are you using something like Canny? Like feature requests are coming in from customers and how do you keep track of them? Do you have a spreadsheet? What do you do? Yeah, so we don't keep a running like tally or scoreboard. We do a weekly report um, from like our customer success team on like, what are people asking about? What are they reaching out about? Um, things like that. And that's not always ideas. When we do talk sales team and even in like, at this point, there's just a couple of us doing sales, but we have pretty tight dialogue with what people are asking for. You know, we've never hit a point where it's like, okay, we need to track that every time they've asked for this, we need to track this because the amounts are, you know, so great. Sure. Um, But I, I definitely keep track of like what some of that volume is in my head. And a lot of times we're trying to get clarity on customers asking for this, but is that what they really mean? Or is what they're asking for just the way they see to accomplish X, right? And then it's digging in and like, okay, well, can they accomplish X a different way that actually is more robust or applicable to more situations or just hits upon 
a greater level of, of output than how they see it, right? And a lot of times your customers are going to bring you things where they're like, hey, if you just did this, they're going to look at the quickest hack to get what they want because yep. that makes them think this is more likely to get done if this is just change this or quickly add this thing or whatever else. But then if you start having the conversation like, okay, well, ultimately, what are what do you what do you want to know? And then tell me, why do you want to know it? What's the importance? And then you can start to peel back and be like, okay, I see your destination, but I actually know, I feel like I have a better way to get there that will benefit more than just you and you. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, a, that's the big thing, right? You get so many of these little feature requests and it's easy to jump on them too. If they're just like, oh yeah, we could just have a developer tweak that in a half day of work and then put that in the system. But then that's how you end up with a really bloated, ugly, messy system. Yeah. So are you putting these, so you let's say you, you must have a list of like the top four or five things that are commonly being requested. And so you put them and like sort of score them on the SEA, you know, security efficiency advantage. And then if, you know, if they're hitting one of them, hitting all three, you're like, okay, that's my prioritization. I'm going to hit that one first because it's, it's more valuable than the other ones, which is maybe only hitting efficiency or something. Yeah. So I haven't developed like a point system or rating to it or anything else yet. I would I would like to get to something that makes that I think there's some of it that's just like uh easy for me to understand and of course that probably comes with its biases but I feel like I I'm able to look at it and really understand like what it's drawing out or what it's hitting upon what it's triggering for that customer and also like for what we're trying to do with it so when you look at at each of those and when I look at those top things, I I do want to gravitate towards one that like hits at least two of them, if not all three of them. Yeah. So an example, just as I was talking uh, before this about our inbox feature that allows you say a bad review comes in for like two stars and based on what it's about, there's someone specific in the organization you want to address it, or you want the general manager of a specific location to address it. So it would allow you to take that and then assign that to Sarah, who's the general manager at that location, send it off to her. And then when she gets it, she already has a list of replies she's put together. So now she can just say like, okay, send a reply for uh, to this customer that has an apology, identifies the issue, and then offers like, you know, please email me so we can have some more back and forth on this to um, right. you know, try to take it offline or into tighter communication cycles and make the customer feel taken taken care of. So when, when we look at that, it's like, okay, I, I can easily look at that one like that, that hits upon efficiency in the C framework, right? It's yeah. going to save time. It's going to create more outcomes and more power for the person that's doing it. It's very process focused. There's just some different wins uh, that that are that are in there for that person. But then we also look and say, like, okay, one other thing we want to build into it now. Instead of somebody having to look at it, now you can actually we're we're building in what we're calling smart routing. So you could create rules and say, anytime a two star review comes in that talks about feeling sick after eating at our restaurant, it needs to go to Sarah. So yeah. now a human doesn't have to touch it based on the rating and the and the words used in the review. It's automatically going to be routed to someone you have placed as the owner or the expert. Oh, this falls in there too. 
And there's a security element there too, right? Because it's like, I can feel more secure that I know that these two star sick ratings are going to the right person. It's like the software doing that for me. There's a security there. Absolutely. And then you can see automation is obviously a huge part of efficiency, right? I mean, my top three efficiency things everyone achieve is automation and integration, or can machine learning or, or AI help out with it? And then interesting enough, then, you know, looking at it for the next is like, does inbox, are the benefits an advantage, right? Does this give an advantage to A, our product? And does it give an advantage to B, our customer using? So on the A level, then I start to look at like, okay, do any of my competitors have this smart routing feature, right? Um, there's definitely other competitors with uh, ticketing abilities, and things like that, and being able to and assign a review for someone else to look at. Yes, that exists. But I'm not able to track down anyone else that has, hey, we'll do the thinking for you. We'll automatically assign it to people based on topic, rating, a combination. You're really able to build if this, then this, do this type framework. And so in looking at that, it's like, all right, that creates an, a selling advantage for us. So that's a plus. Yeah. And then when we look at it for our competitors, all right, if they're able to respond faster from the right people with more ease, that creates an advantage for them, right? They see like, all right, this, we look better in customer service than our competitors because we feel this gives us the ability to respond X amount faster than they're going to get from other businesses that, that they're working with. Right. So it's not hard for me to look at a feature like Inbox and say, this is something just as we talked about that we will shut off most of what else we're doing for three months while we make this feature come to life for us. And you feel confident in that because it's hitting all three of the primary metrics of your C framework. Yeah, super confident in it because it hits across all, all of those things where, you know, you get into other small things like, uh, let's just take like review monitoring, right? To me, that's all, that's a strictly security play because it's really about two things. It's about one feature parity, every other solution out there on the market has it. And the second, it's something the customer it expects. It gives them security like, yep, of course I need to know what new reviews are coming out there, but they'd be even less secure in us as a solution. If we were like, that's such a staple, we just skipped right past it. Use someone else for that. We're actually going to help you do these other things instead. But because that's like a fundamental that they would look at that and be like, I don't feel so strong about you guys. Like this is this is kind of something I expect. Yeah. And they wouldn't want to get that out of two different systems. They're just like, I want one system for monitoring and managing my reputation. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it sounds pretty good. It makes me wonder, like, what are some other frameworks? So, okay, actually, here's another thing. So this is your framework for evaluating features, right? And so evaluating and prioritizing features, it's the C framework for evaluating and prioritizing features. So like, what's next after that? Because, you know, are there, there must be a whole bunch of frameworks already out there presented by other SaaS companies. And, and you know, it's just not something I've explored. Have you looked in, at anything else out there? Well, there's definitely a lot of, I mean, from like the high level, you have your, you know, is it a painkiller or a vitamin of your solution, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, I don't know. I don't know if that's just an analogy or a, a framework that's supposed to be out there. You know, I, I know there's a few other, oh, I'm going to forget who it's from. 
I believe somebody has someone, and I should do a quick uh, Google search on this and see if I can uh, attribute it. So there's one, it's the rice scoring model. Oh, I've heard uh, of this. Yeah, so that's that's the one that uh, I've heard of before. So that one has to do with, and maybe it's Intercom that made that possible, but it's reach, impact, confidence, and and effort. Right. It's taking a, it's definitely a little bit uh, different approach to what's out there. But it does have like a, a point value with it, right? You're looking at, you're assigning numerics to what the reach is, what the impact will be, the confidence, and then what does it take to, to complete it? And then letting you know how that works into your prioritization and, and, and execution, right? And mine, mine doesn't, I mean, mine doesn't go as far as saying like, all right, that's great because your biggest ideas will definitely square out on the C framework really well, but that doesn't take into account like, can we actually pull this off? Sure. Yeah, of course. So you'd be like, this thing could be huge. Whatever it is like, oh yeah, definitely hits all the buttons, but it's an entire two-year project to build it. So I don't know, should we do it? Yeah. No, yeah. In, in my search, maybe I'll link to this in the show notes, but it looks like I found a list of nine product prioritization frameworks for product managers. So I, I need to create mine and then I can email let them. It, yeah. And let them know I have a tent. <laughs> there you go. I got another one for you. Yeah. It's the Aaron Wykey C framework for feature planning. I like exactly. It. So it, yeah. nobody wants a list of nine when you can have a list of 10. That's You know what? It looks so lame when you just see that like nine best frameworks. It should definitely be 10. It makes you wonder though, like, well, where are the other areas of our business we should be structuring into this framework? You know, like it's framework seems to help you guide you towards decisions, right? So like, what is the best next feature to launch or how should I approach this situation? Or there must be HR frameworks. And I don't know, I think there's great value in exploring that and seeing how to implement in your business. I think I just listened to this one about, about your C framework and I'm like, damn, going to do it. I'm going to definitely create a spreadsheet. We'll track our feature requests in there, pulling stuff from both sales and support, identifying what people are asking for, and then actually have a column for each of these and put check marks in them, an SEA column. And then if they hit all three of them, then that helps me with the prioritization. It also gives you an immediate visual. It's like you can see which one you can, you could sort by a number of check marks, right? So yeah, I think yep. it's really smart. Well, to, to your point, that's the biggest value is you, you're creating something that you can make you, guide you in your decisions that can maybe save you from your biases or heat of the moment or moving forward or pay, placing something higher than it needs to be in the moment. And sometimes those things happen and you need you need to react and you you need to do those things. But you know how, how can you use it to guide in how you look at it and what you end up put, putting it back against? And then I also think it's important when you're building these things too, and you talk to it about your team that you're able to explain Especially because most orgs, like your entire team is not going to be part of deciding the roadmap and the prioritization and things like that. And I feel like to keep them on board, have them confident, them seeing the vision clearly, like you need to be able to explain some of the method to the madness to them, not just, well, this is what I decided or these two people decided or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you, my the people at Whitespark that will love the C framework more than anyone will be my developers because they have this like, oh, Darren's pinging me on Slack. I see Darren typing. Darren is typing on Slack and it's like, oh, <laughs> What's coming now? What do I? What is he going to ask for? Because it's like I, I have a tendency to derail them off of like, hey, one customer once asked for this thing. What do you guys think? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I got to stop doing that. Instead, I'm going to put them in the spreadsheet, sort them by the C framework, and uh, I won't 
be bugging them on Slack, you know? We we all fall victim to that, Darren. I've, I've often laughed, right? Same thing where... <laughs> Especially on Slack too. The minute someone's typing for two minutes yeah. <laughs> and you're just sitting there in that channel ready for it to come out because based on what your usual interaction is, right? You've already developed, you already have the brand reputation that you are about to throw something out there. So the, that apprehension is there, right? And the longer it goes, the more it's like, oh, this is a doozy. This, we got a lot here. They should, Slack should start doing that. I'd be like, Darren is still typing. And then it just keeps escalating. It's like, uh-oh, Darren is typing even more. <laughs> uh-oh, here comes the doozy. They probably all jump in a private channel and just start. They're, they're already, you know, three cycles into banter before you even get it out. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I'll stop doing it. I'm going to start using the C framework instead. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. I need to continue to work on it further, but I wanted to, I thought it was something I was interested in. I'm kind of, I've been using it for a while. It's helped it's helped my make my decisions like cleaner and faster. And it does help when I take it to the team. And then a large part of, you know, when we release features, when we're on like our monthly webinars with our customers, that's where we always start. We always start with why did we build this? And we explain to our customers exactly why why we built this. And there can be a number of, of things. And I don't tell them like, oh, we have the C framework and here's what it is. But I'm explaining those specific things that this framework has actually made me think about. And yeah, you were already doing that, but you just hadn't formalized it into a framework. Yeah. And I, I think it gives off the impression to your customers, like the amount of thought and intent and vision that you're putting into what you're creating. And I found for us, that's been really helpful in building trust because it increases the visibility on how you arrive, not just like, hey, here's this new thing that we built for you. They start to understand whether it whether we're mentioning a lot of you have asked for it. Here's what we see this provides. Here's where we see a shift in the market. Here's yep. why we think this is really efficient. But that explanation at the highest level gives them the right context to then embrace the feature and understand how it fits into the set we're trying to put together. Yeah, and I can also see it helping on the marketing side too, because once you've already defined that feature in terms of security, efficiency, advantage, you've also already written up the way you're going to communicate the value of that feature when you put out your newsletter and your social posts on it, you know? Yep, you've been thinking about it the whole time. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I like it. I'm going to use it. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully it doesn't take White Spark down the drain. Oh, I'm sure it won't. It's going (laughs) to elevate us to the next level. (laughs) All right. Well, cool, Darren. Anything in uh, closing? Anything coming up you're looking forward to or have going on? Uh, Yeah, we got our local search summit coming up. I'm excited about that. I've been busy working on that, trying to get all the speakers organized. And so, yeah, we're going to have like 30 local search speakers. And uh, it's a lot of work and a big deal. And I'm excited about it. Basically, if you are a local search speaker, you're you're probably speaking at it. So it's going to be maybe the greatest uh, collection of local search speakers in one conference. I love it. That, and that yeah. reminds me, I need to get my topic and description into That's it. why I mentioned it, actually. It was kind of like... <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Just wanted to remind you. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know me. I'm I'm fully committed and I'm in. I will I will show up, but I realize I probably need to get that in so you guys can do some marketing. But no, I'm looking forward to that too. And I'm, I'm excited yeah, that I'm you excited included that, yeah. me. So. How about you? Anything big coming up? What no, a, a little bit of time off over the 4th. Excited to unplug and recharge and some family time up at the cabin. And yeah, I'm excited for, you know, just as I was talking about 
with inbox it's probably it might be the biggest feature yeah. we've ever put out and so to to be through our design phase and into starting uh cycles and and things like that and knowing that we'll be getting all that much closer to like being able to see it come alive i'm i'm super pumped about that I'll, I'll probably be dragging in a month when we're in kind of the abyss of all the work that needs to be done and little details that pop up and everything else and then then yeah. as you get closer to the end then that excitement rekindles again so yeah totally well that sounds awesome i look forward to seeing it testing it all right well great to catch up with you as always glad to hear things are going going pretty well for you guys I'll be watching every day to see the referral program come out. Sure. Yeah. I, we're not, we're not going to market it. So like we're, <laughs> we're, we're launching it quietly, but I'll, I will let you know right. when we've launched it just so that you right. know that I made my two week deadline. Tip me off. My, and mostly, mostly so I can just like keep on the praise after you launch it. Cause I, I think it's awesome. And I, I will be, uh, I think that's something worth uh, checking in on uh, in our upcoming episodes too. I, I want to hear For what sure. the uptakes I, like on it. And I definitely plan to roll it out to the whole company, like to all of our services. So we're just uh, dipping our toe in right now and getting a feel for it and then we'll expand upon it. So yeah, definitely awesome. we're topic worthy of a future podcast episode. All right. Well, until next time, take care. Hopefully we'll exchange a few text messages or a few calls in between episodes, but I hope you get your summer ramped up to full time instead of half time. Yeah. Okay. I'll work on it. All right. Take care, Darren and everyone else. Thanks for listening and hopefully we'll see you soon. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody.